0: It was a time when pro wrestling was a pop culture phenomenon. Talk about your songs, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just
1: whipped your ass.
0: Pay-per-view quality matches live on free TV every Monday night.
1: Monday, July 6.
0: look back at the battle between WCW Monday Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! This is Reliving the War with Simon Tackler
1: and Nimza Zor.
0: You can call this... The new world order of wrestling, brother. Welcome,
1: everyone, to another big edition of Reliving the War, the the podcast where we do exactly what it says. We relive the Monday Night Wars. We started off with... We're actually celebrating the three-year milestone of this podcast. It all started off with King of the Ring 1996 and Bash of the Beach 1996, two of the big milestone moments. And, Simon, uh, I'll tell you what, this is... It's one of those ones where... It feels like we just started yesterday watching King of the Ring 96 and uh, Bash at the Beach 96, didn't it?
2: It's gone so quickly. I wish we could go back to those exciting days where everything (laughs) was fresh and new and it was full of endless possibilities. But really, it wasn't because we knew where this was going. I really didn't think it would feel this drastic because from Bash at the Beach 96, one of the most important pay-per-views in wrestling history, everything was optimistic. bash at the beach 99 we've said so many times the wheels are coming off for wcw the wheels aren't even just off they're on a different street at this point yeah so
1: it's not good i i don't remember and for me watching these wcw pay-per-views there's a level of nostalgia and even with this one there was a level of nostalgia but this is one time where nostalgia didn't really help as much because it could only take you so far and uh, it is funny because we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later on but uh w- we knew that there was a a slow build and rise for the WWE and we could see that but I don't think I've I, I didn't know that the drop in quality from WCW was this drastic.
2: Yeah, it is not a slow descent for WCW it is a rapid
1: fall from Grace. Indeed. And with all our WCW pay-per-views, we love to get on the third man, our great mate, the man that lives the war for the first time, the one and only Owen Jones, a.k.a. Digital Beard. Owen, welcome back to the pod, man. And give us your first impressions of what you thought about Bash of the Beach 1999.
0: It's days like these where I regret. Accepting a friend request from Simon Tackler in 2017, asking to start a wrestling podcast <laughs> because that means I would never have met you two, and I would never have had to watch this show.
2: <laughs>
0: because yeah, it, that it, may have been bad. Hmm. That may have been the toughest two hours and forty-five minutes I've ever experienced, and I have watched Geelong lose a grand final. <laughs> mm.
2: Can I just yes, ask, I- did you do this one in one sitting, Owen?
0: Well, let's just be really open with our fans here. We're recording this at 8.33 on a Thursday night, and I finished watching this show four and a half minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) I got home from work and pressed play as the biggest regret of my week.
1: (laughs) So, I'll a bit of um, now I've got a lot of fond memories about Bash of the Beach 1999 because anyone that's seen my Vimeo channel that's got uh 1999 free to wear episodes of wrestling <laughs> uploaded to it uh would know that it, this was the era WWE is going to come after you for saying that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's only an episode of, of Superstars from September 1999 and the International Nitro Wrestling from uh 2000 there, but um, so. The hour-long packages of WCW International Monday Nitro Wrestling, as Channel Nine branded it, were showing like little snippets at the stills. Now, you might not know this, on but back in the day when they were doing recaps of pay-per-views, they didn't have footage of it. It just had stills, and you know, available order the replay. So when you see stills of you know the Stinger Splash and Macho Man Randy Savage and All of these, all of the good bits on an hour long episode of Raw, which is really 44 minutes when you take into account commercials, um, it looks like an epic pay per view. And it was an epic pay per view in my mind. However, when you sit through the almost two, uh, almost three hours of it, it's completely different. So let's just get straight into it because, so Bash of the Beach 99, we have a quick video package that sets up our main event. And all I could say is, uh, I've just, I've just, Is there before the event even starts? Is there a slight dig from Tony Schiavone at the WWE about SummerSlam because Tony says this is the event that's that separates the men from the boys, and it's like you know the premier um you know summer event.
2: I don't know what he meant by that, but I picked it up too. the, you know, the event where we separate the men from the boys. When has that ever been a theme of bash at the beach or anything? I didn't take Hmm. it as a shot at SummerSlam, but it was just, I don't know. To me, that was just Tony being Tony. I was more taken aback by this opening video package, hyping the main event, which honestly, unless you read the card on you in advance, how would you know was this a four way two separate singles matches, a tag match? There was no explanation. their video packages are terrible, as we said, but it's Sting, Savage, Sid, and Nash mm. doing something Sorry. if you went in not knowing you wouldn't know what they're doing
1: and what was your imp- when you first saw that video package what was your takeaways from that?
0: Well, my first note of the show is what a wild intro video because they're really there there was no narrative there was it now i've said this later in the show and it will make sense once we get to it but this whole this whole pay-per-view felt like a clip show so you, like you know how, like the 90s when like like sitcoms would like run at least one clip show every few seasons of just like flashbacks this is what this show felt like mm. every hype video going in every match just randomly popped up and was like 5 minutes of a segment of nitro and that's what this intro video set felt like.
1: So, just for those playing at home, if you haven't seen the build up to this, it's actually one of the most cohesive storylines that WCW had. Because I was watching Nitro back in the then, oh, uh, never uh, back <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, well, this is the thing because it's actually one of their best built storylines. Because Kevin Nash and much and middle aged midlife crisis Macho Man Randy Savage are having a feud <laughs> over the WCW title. And because Nash always is bigger and you know, therefore better than um, Savage, Savage then brings in um, Sid Vicious at uh, on the nitros, and then it's Sid, the Millennium Man, and and then Sting gets involved because they use Sting as the old WCW trope of you can't trust Sting. <laughs> so there's a guy in a Sting mask that's attacking Kevin Nash, but Sting also uses the WCW trope of. But you can trust me. You can trust me. And Kevin Nash also uses the WCW thing of like, how do I know I can trust you? Basically the same thing that was happening with Lex Luger. They have failed to explain this, despite the fact it is one of WCW's bread and butter storylines that they've used since about 1988. <laughs> <laughs> like what seriously. Thing,
2: always getting himself into these situations though. Just really, <laughs> no one trusts him. I don't know how much he has to do. Uh, But then again, the whole thing's a mess to me, though, because Kevin Nash has gone from heel to face to heel to face so much in the past six months. I don't even know what's going on. I wouldn't trust Sting if I was him either. I wouldn't trust anyone anymore in this main event scene. We've seen guys flip back and forth so often now.
1: We've also seen three years of what Sting actually looks like. So come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like it's not even NWO Sting. No. <laughs> like, so but yeah, so WCW really um dropped the ball here. And they're going up again. Like it's it was actually and like I said, this could be the nostalgia coming in because I can remember it so well and, and talking about it Tuesday mornings at school, uh, about like, oh, did you see when 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 Kevin Nash had the little girl the the like the tiny girl that was able to like fit into his bag. And then like, you know, it, it's crazy, but yeah. So then we get DJ ran who kicks things off. And I, all I could think of is like, man, they really misjudged their audience back in 99. Didn't they? Mm. <laughs> uh, We have Tony Schiavone and Bobby, the brain at the desk. We, we see the stipulations for the tag match. So basically, even though it's a tag match, anyone that pins Kevin Nash is the winner, even sting. So the old trope of, Can you trust Sting is used in a feud between Macho Man and um, Kevin Nash? Mm. (laughs) Despite the fact that Sid Vicious could also pin Kevin Nash, that is not mentioned once. No, they're more worried
2: about his partner, Sting, pinning him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you just... Like, if you... I can't even put the words how ridiculous that is. But anyway, so if you're wondering where Mike Tanay is, oh, don't worry. We find out very quickly where Mike Tanay is. And he's at the Junkyard Invitational um, for, I don't know. How how would you describe this one, Simon? The Junkyard Invitational? Yeah. When you first... When you first see, where's Mike Taney? Oh, let's cross to him (laughs) live at a junkyard. What
2: I love about Mike Taney, though, is that he was clearly dressed to be announcing Bash at the beach. The gimmick is you dress kind of beachy. It feels like last minute they were like, oh, no, no, Mike, your assignment today is covering the junkyard match. So you've got Mike Taney looking all smiley in a junkyard, and he's explaining that, you know, a bunch of hardcore wrestlers have been invited. And this is unsanctioned and we don't really know who's going to be in the match. And we don't know anything about anything. We just know Mike Tanay is at a junkyard and <laughs> oh, look, Hey, Mike Tenay being at a junkyard meant that we got more cohesive announcing because it's very rare for WCW to have a two man booth. I didn't mm-hmm. mind just Bobby and just Tony. I thought this was pretty fun. And Bobby asked Tony when they come back from the junkyard, if, Tony's ever been to a junkyard and he says it in a way where it feels like he's just setting Tony up to be like oh of course I've been to a junkyard and when Tony says that Bobby shits on it and says I've never been to a junkyard why have (laughs) you been to a junkyard it was great
1: Um, the best part about this, so straight after that, it's business as usual. They crossed a mean gene who's looking like he's on holiday <laughs> and he is absolutely shilling the hotline. He's back, he's back, baby. This is classic mean gene shilling. Oh, he says, uh, You
2: won't <laughs> believe who's gonna be there. That's when you know it's yeah, he's, he wants you to call bad.
1: And then we're back to Mike Tanay in the junkyard, who says, It's too good of an opportunity to pass up to be at the junkyard. Now, if you're ever wondering. Oh, and if you've ever looked back and thought to yourself, why would WCW think that backstage assault would be a good idea for a video game? Does this kind of make it a little bit clearer what their their thought space was at?
0: A little bit, but like, it was just so, like,
1: he didn't really
0: even explain the match that well to start with. And what I love the most was the fact that... um so, I know Simon likes to try and time how long the show goes before a match starts. I think we're at eight and a half minutes at this point, <laughs> and there's no wrestling.
1: Mm, mm. It was some just all argue, rambling. Some could argue when you get to the first match, there's oh, still God, no wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, we, we get our first uh, clips oh, of Nitro with. I'm um... so
0: sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry, Nims. But did you guys hear that Mike Tane said he has spies?
1: no yes yeah yeah he he always anytime anytime that he mentions like you know like you know like a normal person would say like oh my sources tell me that such and such but he seems like he's got a a SWAT team of like you know people in Gracho marsh uh mustaches (laughs) and like newspapers with holes cut out at like CMLL shows and (laughs) (laughs) and stuff like that scouting talent yeah Which actually like leads me to like it's a it's a very amusing mental image just, just picturing Mike Tanay like M Bison in Street Fighter the, re- the the real life movie sending people out to all these wrestling promotions so we could find out who are the hottest hardcore stars that could be coming to the Junkyard Invitational. But um, we see a straight recap of uh, a replay from Nitro about the Cat versus Disco Inferno. Did you notice the Ricky Martin name drop as well, Simon? No, what was the Ricky Martin reference? I missed it. So the cat attacks disco from behind because disco starts dancing. Yeah. And the commentary team on Nitro goes and says how it's like, you know, he can dance better than Ricky Martin.
2: Oh, that was a hot reference at the time. <laughs> I thought they were saying, yeah, like, oh my God, he's been living La Vida Loca. Or you know,
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just straight, we know pop culture. Yeah, Bang. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and and all i could say is um we then get to the match uh the cat cuts a promo before the match even starts saying he'll beat every redneck here and then says he's out to he's going to dance until disco comes out we start off with the cast the cat and can i just say
2: the... before we get to the match though i yeah. need to talk about the stipulation change for this match cuz it was so unnecessary and so dumb why even bring it up So they say that this match, the stipulation was meant to be that the loser of the match can never dance in WCW anymore. (laughs) And then Tony says, oh, no, both men agreed to not do that because they both want to keep dancing. Okay, well, there are no stakes now. Why do I care? Why does anyone care why are we doing any of this?
0: Why is this match even happening?
2: (laughs) Oh, you you both want to keep dancing? Cool. Uh, Don't be on the show. Like, who cares? Yeah, so
1: the cat cat continues to dance as the boos from the fans just drown him out.
0: Yeah, and and then he says a line that I never thought I'd hear, let alone in life, but in a wrestling show, when he goes, I'll go to my car, get my karate gi, whip every one of you now, hit my James Brown music, Mm. in that order. (laughs) It's
2: kind of awesome.
0: (laughs)
1: There was actually a pay-per-view where James Brown was there, wasn't it? Like, Yeah,
2: and that? everyone thought they were taking the piss and they were like, oh, it's just the heel saying something. Why would James Brown actually show up? And they were selling it like, oh, this is just the cat being dumb. Instead of saying that James Brown was really going to be there, and I don't know, try and get a few extra pay-per-view buys. Extra not, buys. not that yeah. the crossover would be so no, big no. someone who just wants to see James Brown would watch. But yeah, James Brown rocked up and danced with the cat on a pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, yeah. I look forward to getting yeah. to that one. Uh, oh. I think that's I think that's uh, early two thousands. Uh, you
2: reckon it's cut from the network?
1: N- no, they'll overdub it with oh, something with else. Oh, crap music, <laughs> okay? Yeah. <laughs> um. So Disco goes to do his little shtick before the cat goes to attack him, and say what you will. Disco Inferno was very over in 1999 WCW. He, in fact, late 98, 90, like Disco was a star in WCW. You can't argue that. He was one of the most popular ones there. But um, <laughs> all I love is um Mike, Ten- Not I've written down Tanae here. That can't be right. But all I can say is like the commentary team is just doing their absolute best to keep uh, what I thought was keep people watching because they're like, you know, Remember, Bash of the Beach. A lot of stuff happens here. We saw the NWO form, like they're doing everything to sell. Like, <laughs> yeah. please, please, we the, historically this is a big pay per view. We've seen it was like, a chance. Yeah, <laughs> please stay. <laughs> and it has been their big pay per view. You know, it's the first ever Hogan versus Flair. It's Ooh. the NWO forming, and now it's the Cat versus Disco. And I reckon the the commentary team is like, "Oh my God, how the mighty are falling? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here?"
2: Uh, look, I will say it's weird again with the whole everyone turning face and heel. Wasn't Disco hmm. in the NWO a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago? And I know the NWO... Yeah, he was in the Wolfpack. They're all kind of gone, but now Disco's a face again. He was getting cheers. I, I was shocked that Disco was, you know, people were on board with face Disco. I th- Look, we've said a lot of times he is a very solid wrestler looking back, but he, even he can't get a great match out of... Uh, out of Ernest Miller. Ernest Miller could do a decent promo, was pretty entertaining, but phew, have we seen mm. a good cat match? I don't think so.
1: No. Only, and if we, uh...
2: My favorite bit of the match was a bit from Bobby Heenan where he got mixed up during commentary and then caught himself in the best way. The cat hit Disco with a kick, but he accidentally said the wrong name first, but then he rolled with it and he said, oh, Disco kicked him right in the foot with his teeth. And Tony just <laughs> cracked. I'm stealing that. I thought that was one of the best calls I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, Bobby is the best when he switched on, isn't he? And yeah. Disco also nails the cat with a shoe for a three count. Feet would be a very, very big player in this match. Mm. Uh, he nails the cat with a shoe for a three count. But Sonny Ono has distracted the ref. And he Sonny gets the last dance, which is, of course, the chart buster, which is, of course, the Stone Cold Stunner. Um, but Disco walks into a boot to the face with the loaded shoe, and the cat gets the win. So there's a lot of a lot of feet talk uh, in this mm-hmm. match. <laughs> mm,
2: Quentin Tarantino's favorite match. Lots of feet. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say, a look, precursor
1: a Death Proof. <laughs>
2: yeah, it wasn't <laughs> wasn't the worst match. It wasn't the best match, but it wasn't your typical fun hot WCW opener. That's for sure. No.
1: Yeah, those days are long gone as we then head to Mark Madden at the WCW.com booth. Oh uh, Mills Lane chats to Mark Madden. And Simon, this one's for you. Do you remember him in Celebrity Deathmatch? Oh my God, I loved Celebrity Deathmatch.
2: <laughs> um, I remember, yeah, wanting to watch it every episode because they would hype them up and you would know what was coming up. Um, it was
1: it was part of uh, Channel 10's Thursday Night Fever block, if you recall.
2: Oh, it was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless you had... MTV, that was another way to to watch it. Um, but remember, they did the episode. There was the one where it was Eddie Vedder versus Scott Stapp, and they were fighting over, you know, the voice. And yeah. yeah. They did so much fun stuff. Stone Cold was like a character on the show. He was just like friends with the commentary team. And yeah. And and
1: and he, and it was there was also the, penump- the penultimate sort of like the final episode of Celebrity Deathmatch. At least in that season was Beavis versus Butthead. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's <Such laughs> a good a- good show.
1: It, it was so ahead of its time. Do you remember the? There was a great one where oh, and they had um Tommy Lee versus Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I've and, seen
0: that one. I've and, seen that one.
1: And there was a great line from one of the commentators where uh, Tommy Lee, I uh, I can't remember what the pun. Like so, Tommy Lee Jones. Something happens, and the punchline is I guess this is one Tommy Lee that doesn't hit girls. Oh, god, <laughs> that's
2: good. I will but, say, um, but, but, as a show, like a parody of um sports commentary and just wrestling commentary it was amazing. Like, that was the best part of the show. It was so good. Yeah. I, I wonder if it exists anywhere to watch. A lot of Ooh. it's on YouTube, is it mm. okay? Good. I, it might be
1: on but, Paramount Plus or something like that, but yeah,
0: real quick. Um then this one will probably pop Simon. Um, when they were talking to, to Mills, La- Mills, Mills Lane, my, I thought they were talking to Boomhauer. <laughs> yeah. Boom yeah. 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 I could not understand a word this guy was saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, when you listen to Mills Lane, you forget that uh somehow, like also we'll point out this guy is not a judge, yet somehow he managed to have a show called Judge Mills Lane. America no, no. Judge. No, is no. Is he a judge? I, hold
2: on. I Googled yeah. it. Because yeah. he was famous for being a boxing um uh referee and you would think that's why he had the Judge Show. That's what I always assume. But yeah, goddamn, I, I seen that too. Goddamn, his show was boring. So I did some research. <laughs> he wasn't. Ju- he sat as like an Attorney General or something. He was actually a real lawyer. He was a qualified lawyer as well, and he was a boxer too. That's where all the experience comes from. He had a record right. of ten and one, and he was legitimately like worked in the legal system. It's insane. I was about
1: to say. Yeah. <laughs> there you no, go. I, I just thought, thought it, it was a
2: gimmick too. I
1: thought it was oh. not. So, uh, my apologies to you, uh, Judge Mills Lane. Um, <laughs> but we, we, um, brain has a Holyfield and Tyson joke, and of course, this was it's still t- Holyfield and Tyson happened in like '98, though. Didn't it yeah. happen? Did, didn't that, so, they really mi- like missed the boat here to get Judge Mills no, Lane.
2: No. Holyfield and Tyson happened in. 97, 96?
0: Yeah, 97, 97, because
2: that controversy already happened. Mike mm. Tyson was barred from was... boxing, and he appeared at WrestleMania 14, that's right. which is a year and a half ago.
1: That's right. So that, I, 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 That's I an love... old
2: if... reference at this point, yeah.
1: If that doesn't tell you where WCW is at, out of that entire like bit of mainstream pop culture, yep. the WWE gets Mike Tyson, and WCW gets Mills Lane <laughs> Mills two Ellis. years later.
0: And Holyfield and Tyson was on Saturday, June 18, 1997. Bash to the Beach was July 11th, 99. Oh, there you go. The Two years <laughs> apart.
1: Yeah. There you go. So um, we then get to a video recap of more Nitro as Van Hammer is beating Disco Inferno. Then Rick Flair is out to, to deal with uh Hugh Morris. Flair has banned hardcore matches in WCW and Van Hammer puts Mo- Hugh Morris through a table. Hugh Morris is really trying to sell the humorous pun here as well. Mm. Between <laughs> him,
2: him saying the most, what did he, he call his finisher, the most impressive move in all of wrestling or something? Yeah, the, the no, no laughing, laughing matter. matter. Mm.
1: Which is a, a mid moonsault if at best. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. He's not <laughs> even the fattest guy to do a moonsault, which makes it yeah. less impressive. You're not a small guy doing an awesome moonsault. And you're not a really fat guy. There's two guys fatter than him who do a moonsault, Vader and, and did Bam it. Bam.
1: Yeah, and and considering the fact that Vader was sort of seen as the pioneer of doing uh, the moonsault, he did it all in WCW. So <laughs> if anything, like it's it's so bizarre. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so so Van Hammer is chatting to Ric Flair and his cronies uh, to to get a match with Rick Steiner, which leads us to our next match, Rick Steiner. Uh, in also his new Mattel elite figure gear, I should point out too. So uh, one for all those 99 Rick Steiner fans. He picked that one up from ringside collectibles. Rick Steiner cuts a promo that sounds like a really bad Scott Steiner promo and finishes with his, you don't like me, bite me catchphrase, which never really caught on, did it?
2: No, singles Rick Steiner can absolutely get... I was going to swear, yeah. but that you know, stuff like this yeah. is my least favorite stuff on the show. My God, so boring.
0: The one plus side to this whole Rick Steiner segment was the fact that he had two Mack truck dogs on his shoulders. No, yeah. It's <laughs> the best part of his jacket.
1: Yeah, the little dog epaulets, kind of. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, we, and I, you can you can guarantee that with like actual like proper Mack truck dogs that weigh like six and a half kilos each.
2: Yeah, Pops. he could take them off a truck and what are you going to do about it? Because he's still a very scary man. Can yeah, I it just is very, say, it, yeah. hmm. go for it.
1: it would very much be like, you don't like it, bite me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, whatever. It says it on my jacket. <laughs> it says see? it on my leather uh. jacket. Yeah, yeah,
2: with my... get Van Ooh. Hammer. The so Van Hammer, obviously, you know, WCW with, you know, a, a pop culture reference of some sort. But then I was thinking about it. Like Van Halen would have been the reference point, you know, when he was doing the rock and roll thing. But where Mm. does the Hammer part come from? And then I was thinking, like, was he originally meant to be a parody of Van Halen and MC Hammer? And now Mm. I want to see that gimmick, a guy who wears (laughs) parachute pants, but also plays guitar and, you know, let's make that happen.
0: Well, they go to the crowd and someone had had the Van Halen VH the the VH, the VH Wings logo and had Van Hammer underneath on a song.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Do you? Yeah, re- it all- was it was probably just like okay, let's we need a Van Halen Dean wrestler. Let's get the Van bit. What about the Halen bit? Mm. Um, at, this sta-
0: <laughs> at this stage, we were having we had Gary Sharon singing for Van Halen at this stage. Like this is not the Van Halen people want to hear. No, no one wants to myself.
2: do. A- no one wants to do a
1: parody of that. So we Wait, should also what, point out too that Van, that Van Hammer is wearing a uh, a tie dye singlet that says no peace on it. No peace. <laughs> peace. He's well, very I, much against peace.
0: What I what I did want to point out for mainly for Simon and I finally picked it out. Did you know notice that his entrance music is a complete rip off of Twist of Cain by Danzig?
2: Oh, is it? Oh my god, I love Twist of Cain. Is it? Up okay, up I'm gonna, I'll have yeah. to go listen to it again.
0: Yeah, big time. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so when we finally get to the match, Van Hammer, he gets the advantage early and knocks Rick to the outside before Rick gets the upper hand. Bit of grounded pound from Steiner before Van Hammer gets a chair and then dives off the top rope for a two count. We have a low blow to Van Hammer followed by a bulldog. Steiner gets the win. It's These matches are like, it's just garbage after garbage at this point in time, isn't it?
2: Thank you for recapping the match because I have absolutely nothing to add.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, As you well, can tell, I took way more interest in yeah. trying to figure yeah. out what Danzig song that meant the music ripped off than the actual match itself.
1: Oh, don't worry. If, if your interest wasn't piqued, we now have Hack, Hugh Morris, and Brian Nobbs, confirmed participants oh. by Mike Tanay at the Junkyard. Um, and then, if that didn't <laughs> if that didn't wet your appetite, we've got more replays from Nitro as we see David Flair getting uh, awarded the US title, which then leads us to Dean Malenko versus David Flair. Now, David Flair is at with Tori Wilson, Ric Flair, Asia, Hunt Anderson, and Charles Robinson. <laughs> at this point in time, <laughs> you might as well bring back the NWO. And, um, and, Ding-
0: and that's what I mean by the fact that it felt like a clip show. Mm-hmm. And they just like like there was not even because you know how most of the time like Shivani was like oh you know let's see what happened on on Nitro to set up this match it just was like that that lightning bolt shock noise mm-hmm. it's played like five minutes of Nitro I was like yeah. were they really just like padding for they couldn't have been padding for time that badly it was obviously planned.
1: Oh, clearly this, yeah, it. We, we have no idea. When you watch this paper, you just, the thought process of what's going on. It was actually, if you ever read Eric Bischoff's book or hear him talk about it, it seems it was like absolute chaos at this moment. Cause like they didn't know how to sort of combat WWE. They didn't, they tried to be edgy, but they couldn't. And they just had a big old identity crisis here. But um, let's get to the match because Malenko overpowers David Flair pretty easily. Uh, Malenko tries to lecture Rick Flair about this, and he's dominating David here. Uh, Rick runs in briefly. Arne attacks the ref. Asia's in, and Malenko puts her in the cloverleaf. Charles Robinson then does one of my favorite spots, where you know, ultimately, if you take off a ref shirt and put it on yourself, then of course you are the referee. Uh, Rick takes out Malenko with the US title, and Charles Robinson gets the three count Flair to retain and keep the US title. Thank you for recapping that match because I have absolutely nothing to (laughs) (laughs) say.
2: Now, I will say everything you recap, though, Nims, you're not just like going to the main points. That is literally everything that happened. This match for three minutes, the bell rang, then we got shenanigans (laughs) with all of that screwiness that you mentioned and it was over. This was absolute batshit crazy.
0: Yeah. The only good thing about this match was one line of commentary from Tony Giovanni when Malenko put the um the cloverleaf on Asia when he was like Asia's going to Texas. I'm like,
2: oh, that,
0: yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. call, that, brilliant yeah. call of commentary, <laughs> and the rest of it was complete dog poo.
1: Oh yeah, and we then get uh, we then get another recap. Uh, it's Kurt Hennig and Master P from the Great oh. American Bash. Um,
2: don't say we, recap they played that full terrible oh, yeah. <laughs> awkward segment that opened the last pay-per-view in full with no crowd noise no music just kurt hennig and master mm. p having the worst conversation that ever happened
1: we then see kurt hennig taking over dj rand's booth on nitro followed by the west texas rednecks uh who are meant to be the heels here um another video clip and there seems to be just so many like wrestlers doing music videos in WCW in 1999. And it's it's so sad, but also a, a telling tale, that this run is Kurt Hennig's most well-recognized WCW run. Don't you reckon, Simon? Would you say that was... would, you, would you, When you think of Kurt Hennig's run in like this era of WCW, this is the peak of it, isn't it?
2: Unfortunately, you're right, because we've lived through WCW, Kurt Hennig, and I didn't like any of it. Um, there were actually... There was a couple of bright moments. The matches never paid off. Him turning on Ric Flair and slamming his head in the cage at war games that one year, that was a great moment. But it never felt like it got off the ground after that. And he was a weird fit for the NWO because he wasn't really cool like Hall and Nash and, you know, an X-Puck and all that. But yeah, I don't know. Everyone remembers the West Texas Rednecks and we see the whole I hate rap performance Mm -hmm. in a parking lot. And there's a few people in the crowd who are all, uh, a little bit way too excited about the content, the subtext of the song.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much, very much. So it's a little bit road wild '96 uh, booing Harlem heat. Yeah, or put yeah. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but uh, I,
0: I do have written down: if rap is crap, then what is this?
1: Yeah, mm. exactly. So we get to... Now, here's the thing. I didn't actually realize this till halfway through the match. Uh, it's the West Texas Rednecks versus the No Limit Soldiers. They're not actually called the West Texas Rednecks at this point in time. It's the Rappers' Crap Tour. That's what they're called.
2: Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't realize that was their name. What a collection really... of just boring white guys, though.
1: Yeah. So even though Henning at the Rednecks are heels, you can still hear the crowd sing along with, the, with their team. The 4x4 dude... Who's part of the No Limit Soldiers is a massive <laughs> mountain of man, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Conan. So mm. Sorry, and so much so that Heenan, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but Heenan goes, four by four, they should call him eight by eight. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that got me real good
1: um conan's mic work is absolutely baffling again tossing salads and peeling potatoes oh the crowd had
2: none of it though this was the first crowd in years who
1: didn't take any of conan's (laughs) shit they were like (laughs) no no we ain't bowdy bowdy and we sure as hell ain't rowdy rowdy (laughs) (laughs) um so uh i've also written down here who's the dude with the no limit soldiers that's not swole is it brad armstrong Road road dog's brother is it? Yeah it's, yeah, it's BA. Yeah,
2: it's BA. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. They yeah. just snuck him in there as one guy who can actually work to hold <laughs> yeah. the match together.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I said, uh, uh, crowds into it. It's not horribly offensive, plus Ray and Conan work well together. Swole eliminates Bobby Duncan with the most delicate three count you'll ever see on the planet. Uh, there's a, There's a bit of brawling on the outside. Uh, the Tex the Texas Rednecks, oh, this is where I realized that they're not called the West Texas Rednecks and they're still the Rapper's Crap Tour. Uh Hennig has a perfect plex to eliminate BA as Ray does the slowest save attempt in the world. Mm-hmm. Conan then eliminates Kendall Wyndham, and his pants are just low riding to the max. <laughs> Conan's pants are basically below his knees, and he still managed to do like like maneuver himself around the ring. Um uh, Chase is... Makes it easier Barry...
2: to peel his potatoes if his pants are almost <laughs> down <the road. laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Um, Conan eliminates Kendall Wyndham. Um, yeah, we said that bit. Chase is taking Barry Wyndham and Conan go to the, uh, out to the back. I've just written down WTF. <laughs> Kurt Hennigan's swole go toe-to-toe with the sloppiest of exchanges. 4 by 4 puts Hennigan back in the ring. Rain Mysterio gets on Swole's shoulders and dives off the top, gets the pin. No limit soldiers get the win. And probably the Brain Heathen wraps it up by saying, You won't see any better than WCW.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can tell oh. at this point he was he, he was totally fed up with it all. But I one thing I do want to point out, and I know you two will probably probably would have appreciated it too. How good was Conan's Miami Heat Tim Hardaway jersey?
2: That was pretty cool.
0: That was one from the vault.
2: That's a a great Jersey. And also he really tried hammering the fact that he was from Miami. He even said, Oh, my hometown MIA just down the road because he was struggling and the crowd still didn't care. They're like, we don't care if you're from here. We don't care that you're wearing (laughs) that Jersey. We don't want any of this. Um, (laughs) Swole might be one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen And we've been watching <laughs> this show So that covers a lot of ground already. <laughs> see when he went to hook the leg on a pin He didn't hook under the knee Like you know you just know how to If you've ever watched wrestling And you play wrestling at home You know how to hook a leg He was like Definitely. holding the guy from the Hold toes the or, whatever, or the
1: ankle It was just
2: real weird Like he just missed that class in wrestling school
1: yeah. Where was he like was he even trained? Did oh, they yeah, even go know. to the effort to to <laughs> like take him because WCW had a school back then, the power plant. Yeah. The power plant. Yeah. Yeah. So surely someone sent him down to those rings with the giant World War Three. Po- it looked like flatbacks. <laughs> that's what the uh that's what the power plant looked like. Look, <laughs> if you've ever I, <laughs> I
2: know I was interested enough to Google the history of Mills Lane's legal and boxing. i didn't care to look up (laughs) swallow i was done with research at this point
1: no someone someone made the uh in the brief bit i um research i think he did some work in japan and by some work i mean like probably like like how you could say that pac-man jones wrestled in tna (laughs) where he stood on stood on the apron so do you reckon back
2: here before the internet though you could lie about that and get away with it like if they're like oh have you wrestled anywhere Oh, yeah, yeah, I did a couple of indies in Japan. Yeah, yeah, not, so, not, not New Japan, some of the other ones, you know. Oh, in Germany, I was in Germany too. Yeah, he
0: was, yeah. A, he was, he he played for the Denver Broncos and Chicago Bears in oh, the NFL. Okay.
1: Is there any and, wrestling, any wrestling in there that's not and, WCW? And,
0: and then he finished up his career in 93. Um, and then he started wrestling bits and pieces in 91. Um, wrestled for new japan for a bit oh wow
1: okay i knew there was a japan Um, bit in there but this yeah yeah
0: and fought in a different style street fight against shinya hashimoto one of the single greatest wrestlers of all time um and then yeah and then in 99 he just popped up in in um wcw and retired in 1999 as well
1: Geez. All right. Finally, it's the piece to resist on. So back to Bobby and Tony at the desk. They sell the junkyard invitational and do their absolute best to try and make it seem like this is going to be something you want to that you're glad that you've spent your hard earned on. But um Bobby really starts rambling here, as then we go to another recap from Nitro, and we see um Sandman inviting everyone to the junkyard. And finally, we get to the match. It's poorly lit, and Public Enemy have thrown a car over. Uh, all I can say is, it looks like, it looks like someone had watched bad uh, a bad DVD ripoff of Mad Max and thought, okay, well, this is what we need to do. You can barely see what's going on. Stephen Regal is there as well, uh, and it just seems like Bobby is given up trying to call it, and Tony is doing his absolute best.
2: Yeah, I don't even know how to call this. Didn't a bunch of guys get injured in this? Wasn't this like famous for a bunch of people just getting injured and it was an absolute yeah. mess?
1: Yeah, very much so. I'm trying to remember uh,
2: who got really hurt, but um, not good at all.
1: Uh, Horace Hogan is there too. And this this one, I don't know if you've ever seen this, uh, Owen, but there used to be a series back in the day called Backyard Wrestling. Like they'd have a whole bunch of DVDs where it was just, you know, idiots wrestling in that. Like it spawned two video games, and yeah, yeah. It, mm, this is basically what it is. It it seems like that's all it is. Hmm.
0: It was um, it was definitely for an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> I, I i I could bear, I could barely watch it because of how terrible the camera work was. It
2: yeah. was awful. You couldn't see anything.
1: You didn't know who was in there. I did notice Clope was in there and Lepaka was wearing and casual Leparka, clothes.
0: He was, but he was still wearing his mask. I'm just looking <laughs> it, 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 at the...
2: Work. I was looking at the contestants in the match because I wanted to find a, a real list. You mentioned people you could notice and that was, you know, like Lepaka, Ciclope, Silver King Public was in enemy. there. But when it's... Really? Poorly, yeah, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> but when it's poorly lit and everyone's in street clothes and every dude in this hardcore division... Is just a kind of out of shape, kind of fat white guy. It's hard mm. to tell who's who. Let me break down some of these names and you tell me if they were all wearing a tank top and jeans <laughs> in a blurry junkyard, you could tell me who's who. Brian Knobs. Yeah, poorly lit. Brian Knobs, Dave Taylor, Fit Finley, Hack, Hugh Morris, Jerry Flynn, Johnny Grunge, Rocco Rock Mikey Whipwreck, Stephen Regal. And Horace Hogan. Like, aside from Horace Hogan being bald, you could maybe tell him. The rest of them wouldn't know who the hell's who. I
1: didn't even know that Hugh Morris was in this match. (laughs) Because you thought it was
2: Brian Nobbs. Then did you think Brian (laughs) Nobbs was in the match? No, you thought that was hack.
1: Did you say Mikey Whipwreck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he—that's uh, the—that's uh, the other name uh, <laughs> I've written there. it because I was—I was like, oh, Mikey Ripper was here too. Half of my notes are just like, Cyclope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cyclope, or Rocko Rock. Oh, rock, rock. <laughs> like, so sorry. one of the most awful and you know most infamous matches in
2: WCW history. Terrible, and this gave me flashbacks to the worst versions of the cinematic matches we saw during COVID. This is like yeah. the precursor to that. This sucked.
0: So, according to Simon's best mate, Uncle Dave Meltzer. Um, this match cost around a hundred thousand dollars in production costs.
1: Well, clearly they didn't spend any of that on lighting.
0: <laughs>
1: it
2: was just to get Mike Tanay there. Maybe his demands were real high. He's like, "You want me to go there? I want yeah. you know, big giant limo." And
1: so, as as we've mentioned, it's a very confusing match to uh to sort of try and recap even. But can we? There is one bit that I'm sure we all paid attention to, and that was the attempted murder of Fit Finlay. <laughs> Yes. so he's thrown <laughs> into the boot of a car that yes. is then that he's then pushed into one of those machines that crush it into a cube yep. and then and then he escapes from the boot but the the car is still crushed mm. that's how you win <laughs> as <the match. laughs> as mike and- Tanae, as mike Tanay. as the commentary team are just like oh my god like they're watching a car get crushed despite the fact that fit finley has a, a Plenty of time to escape. So now we're just watching a car getting crushed. Yep. And and then don't forget that that
0: for dramatic effect, the car exploded, but the explosion of flames were clearly behind the car crusher.
2: Mm. I don't mm. know what set off that explosion. You're right, it makes no sense. But what an explosion. <laughs> That's where the budget went.
0: Exactly.
1: My personal favorite is when they talk about the, the car exploding. Um, they try to like kayfabe. It's like, oh, the car exploding is keeping people from escaping the uh, the <laughs> junkyard, which is why Fit Finley can. And I, I mentioned in the previous match how Bobby the Brain kind of really was like trying to sell his soul here and show how oh this was so good. Bobby does his best to just sell like oh how good was this oh this was certainly a match.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bobby Heenan was <laughs> done with it at this point. Just think about some of the great wrestling he's seen over the past, you know, 30 years up to this point or whatever, and now he's sitting here calling a junkyard match.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Next up, we see uh, a little recap of the Jersey Triad attacking Benoit and Saturn. There's highlights of Nitro where a bunch of figure fours are being locked in. Buff Bagwell is here as well. He does a blockbuster on Flair. And all I can say is crazy dad Ric Flair, underrated in that era. That's a yeah, on. see,
2: I hated <laughs> Ric Flair at this point Because again, I didn't see the big deal about him I just thought he was some old man Who was mm. boring and, you know Couldn't beat anyone in the NWO It's so weird that you've got Such great nostalgia for this era Of WCW I have none, I don't remember ever watching the show But I remember hating this period Of WCW, like for me yeah. I was mentally checked out as a kid Like, I hated this stuff
1: Well, this is the thing. Like, I didn't have Foxtel, and this is weekly wrestling because. Either did I.
2: No, I know. I watched this every week. I hate watched it. Obviously, that's how big of a fan I was. Yeah,
1: but I and I think it was too because Scott Hall. Like, there was always for me as a kid the tease that maybe Scott Hall will be on this show. Yeah, yeah, maybe Scott Hall will be on this episode of Nitro. Oh no, it's just Ciclope and the Silver King. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So we get DDP and Bigelow versus Saturn Benoit. Now this is a a three on two match, or because the Jersey Triad have got the the belts, Freebird style, um, and also butter, Bing, butter, boom, butter, bang as a catchphrase doesn't quite work. Uh,
2: yeah, here. I this that brought back flashbacks of that. I remember DDP trying to make that a thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. can we also remember that literally less than less than six months ago, DDP was a world champion
2: and was one of the most popular wrestlers in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely
0: yeah, crazy. Fallen. Mm. One of the worst
2: um, heel turns ever. One of the worst and most unnecessary. What's a worse one? We're going to find out soon. But DDP or Goldberg next year when we get to that <laughs> point, like WCW. <laughs> what are you doing? Why did they do uh, it to both of them?
1: Anyway. Yeah. Um, my first note that I've written down here is Benoit's snap suplexes are a thing of beauty uh awesome. the double the double snot blast from both Saturn and Benoit onto Canyon that was another big thing in 99 WW uh what have I written here oh Saturn on the outside it looks like I was like salmon on the outside salmon right. Perry salmon <laughs> <laughs> It was, a, uh, yeah, it, it was like, a pink. That, yeah, that yeah. was like a total extreme warfare character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: Jerry Salmon would be his name. <laughs>
1: which which is a better name than randy organ yeah yeah. (laughs) randy organ in um randy organ in five-star wrestling randy organ and and (laughs) harvey d (laughs) harvey d yeah yeah it's good it was awesome um so satin on the outside chases canyon takes out bigelow but cops a dive from ddp to change mm-hmm. the momentum, Bigelow gets an asshole chant towards him. DDP falls off the top to- top rope, trash talking, Ooh. but kind of recovers pretty well. And uh, the WCW ca- uh, cameraman on the apron was a pretty cool shot that he back in the day. I, I used to enjoy that one. Yeah. uh Saturn dives onto Page and Canyon, and then then shows them bail out of the ring there's a splash from Saturn. a headbutt from benoit on bigelow canyon with a mr fuji salt spot on Saturn and ddp ddp now in one of the like the only times where psychology plays a part in the match ddp uh gets the cutter on canyon benoit pins him but bigelow gets canyon's foot on the rope uh ddp then gets a trash can to take out Benoit, takes out Canyon with the same weapon. A double diamond cutter on Saturn gets the win. And that basically covers it. At this point in time, this is the match of the night, which is a very low bar.
2: Unfortunately, this was like the only match with good wrestling. You got five mm. of the better wrestlers in the whole company. Mm. Uh, it's a handicap match, which makes it a bit messy. And, you know, there's shenanigans and the triad cheating. I zoned out in parts, but the wrestling I saw was clearly the best wrestling on the show. You mentioned there, there wasn't a lot of psychology in it. They hit a bunch of good moves and then it just had some, you know, BS at the end. The longest match on the show by a mile. I just wanted to double check the time. This one went 23 minutes. The closest match was the uh, No Limit Soldier match, which went to 15. The Junkyard at 13, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. This this, is...
0: this match was way too long. Mm. Um, it was yeah, it's probably like eight minutes too long. Yeah. But yeah, as as Simon said, like yeah, the the wrestling was fine and entertaining, but just too much gaga and not enough
1: substance. Mm. Mm. Uh, we then get a recap of Mills Lane saying he'll ref the boxing match, and then he buggers up where the pay per view is going to be because he's like, yeah. "I'll see you in California, <laughs> Florida." <laughs> I wish he went to the wrong place.
0: He's flashing <laughs> a comma boot for California.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, like, what is... Going- oh, my God. Um, and now That my- really
0: does show, like, where we're at with WCW when your <laughs> guest doesn't even know what city the show is in.
1: <laughs> and when you put that in the highlights package. In like the
0: highlights package. That- yeah, like I know, all- edit that out. dub it. Do something. You're you have
1: this. the opportunity to edit. Like, this is all in post, and you keep yeah. it in. yeah. Clearly, you know how to like edit because you've put half of an episode of Nitro in this damn pay-per-view. Exactly right. <laughs> hey. Um So we then get Michael Buffer who says, this is under the Marcus Queenstown rules. Do you know what the uh, hell that is? Queensbury. Uh, Queensbury, Marcus, sorry.
0: Queensbury rule. That's like, it's boxing rules. It's like traditional right. boxing rules.
2: Yeah. Okay, I well, was that, gonna say what did
0: what did you call him? I thought, who's that?
1: Marcus Queenstown. Yeah, He's another.
0: that's Marcus Cool, the New Zealand wrestler from <laughs> Queenstown. From Queenstown.
2: Queenstown. Yeah. Marcus from Queenstown rules. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: that's that's his that's his new gimmick when he can't get into the ballroom <laughs> brawl. Exactly right. <laughs> but, um, um,
0: I tell you what, though, I know I know we've joked about it for the past two or three years, however long I've joined in on these shows, but. Our boy, Michael Buffer, really was paid by the second on this one because he was stretching out every single mm. word he could to make sure he was getting paid a little bit extra.
2: Oh, we got extra Buffer on this show, though, doing two matches. It's I know. big. I don't think he's ever done that. Double main event for Michael Buffer tonight.
1: You've also, uh, Simon's already, uh my next note here that I've written down, Simon's already answered because I've written uh um he says he's under Marcus Queenstown rules that's what I've written uh and brings out special referee Judge Mills Lane he ref the Tyson versus Holyfield match my next note is is he actually a judge or is he like Judge Reinhold yeah no no yeah yeah.
2: no no he had some experience he also I believe um I forget which state that he sat in he was one of the witnesses of like the last gas Execution of a oh prisoner. my god,
1: <laughs> a oh my god,
2: wow. <laughs> <laughs> he watched another thing die on this show, and that's the future. <laughs> of- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Can I just good. say, Roddy Piper comes out for this boxing match? And honestly, after his fake boxing match with Mr. T at WrestleMania 2, one of the worst matches ever, why would you ever do another fake boxing match again? Oh, um, yeah. Roddy is out with Ric Flair. Buff Bagwell finally getting super over as the baby face as he should have. Because remember they did the injury thing and then it was Mm -hmm. a fake out and he turned heel again. I always thought that stuffed his momentum. But here he's getting hot again. And what do they do? They bring out Judge Judy Bagwell, Buff Mm. Bagwell's mom. What a way to make one of your coolest baby faces look like an absolute weenie. Bring out his, you know, elderly. Shoot mother. He his, yeah, his mother, real yeah, yeah. Uh, just for what? Just for the joke that her name would then be Judge Judy. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. So Buff brings out his mother in her first appearance, in uh, a pa- first pay-for-year appearance. Uh, Flair and Bagwell smack talk for a little bit before Mills Lane does his shtick. And my next note is, what was with 1999 pro wrestling and trying to have boxing on the card?
2: <laughs> yeah, like... I know. <laughs> After the brawl for all, just stop it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, the first round wraps up to get uh, a great amount of indifference from the crowd. Flair puts something on Piper's gloves, and then Piper starts pummeling Bagwell in a corner, but Bagwell uh, kind of, it's sort of, what was it, like, a, like chloroform on the glove or something? Like, what the hell is this? The alcohol yeah. to,
2: like, blind him yeah oh that would have been Uh, great if it was chloroform actually (laughs) and he punched him in the face and he falls asleep and then the commentators have to explain it
1: yeah because it's the second time we've seen like you know a a a drugging agent been put onto (laughs) something like after paul barrow did it in the previous wwe view. yeah um piper pummels bagwell as i said bagwell turns Mm -hmm. the tables with 30 seconds to go in this round then judy bagwell I actually don't know if this is correct. I might have zoned out, but I said Judy Bagwell bites the ear of Piper and then and then puts Bagwell a bucket block- on his head like a yeah, cartoon. Okay, okay, so that <laughs> happened. Yeah, <laughs> that happened.
2: She bit his ear and then put a bucket on his head like it was a cartoon.
1: Yeah, shenanigans yep. erupt. A blockbuster gets the win. Famous last move in a boxing
0: match. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. And... Could you could you pin someone in this match? I was so confused by the ending. <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone knew how these rules were. <laughs> no,
2: sorry. At yeah, this point course. in time, Marcus I- of Queenstown rules. He can pin a guy. <laughs> what are we talking
1: about? <laughs> at, at, at this point in time, do you reckon like Mills Lane's like? Oh, I've got to get out of this. I'm just gonna <laughs> count. And
2: just leave. Yeah. What a way to like kill Buff's d- coolness.
0: And I like how he didn't he didn't hit the mat. He just like like pointed to them <laughs> and counted <came laughs> the three. Yeah. He never hit the mat. He just like one, two, three, and pointed to them.
1: Yeah. So good. Um, so yeah, that was a thing that happened. Uh yes. <laughs> we, we, mm. we we then get a look back at the insanity of Nash versus Macho. Uh Midlife Crisis Macho, I don't care what anyone says, is insane. Mm. Um, we see how Sid vicious oh. gets involved, it's a tag team match. But if anyone pins Nash, even Sting, they become WCW champion. It's a very convoluted build to the match. Uh, and we haven't seen a fake sting in a while. But if you put this video package at the start of the show, then at least you'd know what the hell was going on.
2: Absolutely, this one at least yeah. explained it. I'm so confused.
1: Yeah. Oh boy, that this white one sa-
0: <laughs> This one saved us two hours of confusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Michael Buffer is back. Uh, he explains the steps to a much much better way than the video package did. I should point out, <laughs> but it's uh, Macho Man and Sid versus Nash and Sting. Uh. Super sized machine of destruction is what Sid is described as mm-hmm. by Michael Buffer.
0: <laughs> and can we just appreciate as Simon and I usually do at most wrestling we watch, Sid's tan was so offensively dark.
1: <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> do you reckon that it looks darker because he's got the noodles hair that's so yellow? Oh, it's a good contrast with the, the, the yeah. bleached noodles.
0: Force- but his yeah. chest, there was just this big brown splodge on his chest, unless yeah. someone took a dump on him during backstage. But, 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 but like... yeah,
1: you're right. It just looks like someone has smeared Vegemite on him and then, put <laughs> like some, and then it's like sprinkled like some bulb, uh, some metal filings on it to put his chest there in. Yeah. Can I also point out too that Sting almost looks exactly the same as he does today on Dynamite.
0: Oh, he looked incredible.
2: Yeah, look, Sting Sting having the face paint and always being in pretty good shape has led to like 30 years of footage where you can't really tell that he's changed yeah. at all. If you're not looking too closely, he looks okay. He just yeah. he gets slightly smaller at points, but that's fine, you know.
1: The only thing's greatest is he, enemy is he wears long sleeves. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sting, Sting's worst enemy... As a wrestler, is high definition TV. That's mm. the only because yeah, that's, right. that's the only thing that's like stopping you tell just how good of a shape he is. Can, but um,
2: can I just say before the match starts, I want to point out Michael Buffer is a liar because he yes. says for the first time in wrestling history a world title is on the line in a tag team match. I'm mm. sorry, in your house three, two dudes with yeah. attitude versus Yoko and Owen. Diesel yeah. had the world title. Sean had the IC title. Those belts were on the line. If Yoko or Owen pinned them, they would have been world champion, and vice versa for the tag belts. So Michael Buffer should have watched more New Generation WWF wrestling. (laughs) clearly he wasn't.
1: Yeah, get your facts right, Buffer. Come um... on, Buffer. (laughs) So so there there is kind of. There is a kind of cool fact about this match. Uh, so at this point in time, is there? Please tell me, because well, I this is this, is this is this has got nothing to do with the match, but it's a little fact that I sort of like that twigged at me, and I double checked it too just to make sure. But at this point in time, there are only three men to have won both the WWF and the WCW championship: Hogan, Flair, and Kevin Nash. And Savage. Savage had already oh, won yeah, with of course. the world title. I forgot about that. Yeah, my bad. So yeah, three men. Oh yeah, three men. Mm jeez <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you and buffer you're both the same you're full of lies. <laughs> yeah. i was just distracted by the super sized machine of destruction that was yeah. sin vicious yeah. um which is kind of a cool fact like that's pretty elite company to have uh held both titles
2: who are the guys yeah. to have done it legit there aren't we can't count people who won it in the invasion but it's yeah no. it's not many hogan who did you say hogan savage flair um and and nash and nash then eventually sidwood as well mm-hmm. um geez who else there aren't many oh the giant uh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and that's basically it yeah gold but uh, goldberg we can count goldberg no. he eventually became wwe champ
1: but technically he was holding the wcw belt are we? Are we do? Are we going that? No, are no. Doing... Later,
2: when he beat Brock, no, when he beat when Owens he beat for the WWE, he had the one of the WWE. WC... Oh yeah, of he had a yeah, legit he... WWE legit World WWE. title. Yep,
1: there you go. There, there you go. Yeah.
2: Chris Benoit yeah. doesn't count because they never counted his WCW World title win, did they?
1: No, but WWE does retroactively. Oh, oh, that's
2: dodgy. Okay. (laughs) Then again, we can put an asterisk to everything he did anyway. We can't. I was about
0: about to say one of the good guys that I bought myself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Don't want to stick your Um, neck out for that guy. Yeah. uh...
1: uh so uh <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, so before the match even starts nash gets into the face of sting there's a huge mm-hmm. disadvantage for kevin nash here and before the match even begins gorgeous george goes and sides with kevin nash savage goes over and sting gets the match underway it's a very very slow and plodding match but sting in comparison is wrestling in fast forward compared mm. to everyone else in this ring oh okay. um
2: yeah <laughs> Sorry, you said. I was gonna say they're all about the same age, but Sting is moving like he's got, you know, 20 years on them.
1: Mm, very much so. Um, Sid puts Sting in a camel clutch to slow things down because, like, oi, none of this sting. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how we do things around here. Um, Nash gets tagged in and does a sidewalk slam on Sid, then goes after Savage, action spells to the outside, and Medusa and Miss Madness. The lady wrestlers, as they're referred to, yes. um, attack Sting. Sid gets another arrest hold on Sting just to really drag things down again. Uh, gets a nut shot. Sting gets a nut shot on Sid uh, that misses by a few inches, should point out as well. Sting tags in Nash. And Sting goes uh, does a bunch of splashes on everyone, including Nash, unintentionally. Savage gets uh, set up for a powerbomb, but George crotches him. She betrays Kevin Nash, you know. He misses the line.
2: first slow blow, though. Hmm. She kind of just taps of him on the butt and has to do it again. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah,
0: even, uh, even the second one, she just like went straight into the cheeks. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so and then we get a flying elbow by Macho Man. Macho Man gets the win. And George with the punch heard from around the world, apparently. Mm. Um, and th- as the broadcast is cut off abruptly. <laughs> I was going to say, and then the show just
0: wrapped up.
2: Because we are all out of time on that show. Because oh my god, they have to cram in so much wrestling. Yeah, yeah, but yeah.
0: thinking think of it this way: if they didn't play three and a half episodes of Nitro as <laughs> as filler videos. We would have had time for more wrestling.
2: Yeah, but then again, what are we saying? What more wrestling did you want? Did you want Van Hammer and Rick Steiner to go any longer? Do you want? <laughs> I more wanted
0: the sixty-minute Broadway Simon Tackler.
1: <laughs> I I felt that the uh, the Cat and Disco didn't get enough time to shine, <laughs> specifically with their dancing. Can but, I just um,
2: say I actually timed it? Do you, Do you want to know how much the matches combined got on this two and a half hour show? Please go on. Eighty four minutes. So oh, in wow. oh, nearly three hours, we only got an hour and twenty of wrestling. Cause you're right, the wow. recaps were longer than some of the matches.
0: Yeah. Because the recaps, well,
1: like, as Owen said, were chunks of nitro.
0: Well, like cause like that um the the rap is crap part. That was like nine minutes. Mm-hmm. It was the full backstage promo plus the nitro segment plus the song. Yep.
1: Yeah, this was, this is not good. It's just really, really not good. So, uh, I I reckon this is going to be one of those times where, no, no, no. Actually, no, I was going to say I was really struggling to come up with an MVP here because, and and I only just, it just sprung to me then. The MVP is Mike Tanae for actually going out to a junkyard.
2: For <laughs> yeah. oh, so being smart enough to know that this show is so bad, he'd rather spend the <laughs> rather night in the a junkyard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his oh night God. would have
2: been over quick. Good on him; he would have been out of there, back at the bar.
0: And he would have invoiced for a whole day as work as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, Mike Tanay, my kudos to you that all you had to do was because basically, once the once the no. uh, like, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to sit through bloody Roddy Roddy Piper and Bigelow and and Buff Bagwell and all that sort of stuff. He's just like. Cool. I've done. I can go home. Done my crosses. It's all good. This is like back in the day, Simon, where we used to street team where it's like, you know, like, cool, I've done my two Harvey Diamond crosses. The second one's gone to air. Cool. I could leave now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that? (laughs) We're out of stuff already. Guess I'm going home early. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. See you later. Yeah.
1: Sorry. I'm pulling down the flags.
2: (laughs) 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 This was absolutely awful. And sure, let's give it to Mike today. But in terms of a show, this is absolute worst Shows we've seen for WCW.
1: Yep.
0: I'm. I'm so sorry, but now I just imagined Mike Taney driving a Black Thunder <laughs>
1: <laughs> with his icy cold cans of Coke.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and handing out WCW Mayhem the music Ooh. CDs.
0: <laughs> music At the front of JB Hi-Fi
1: because <laughs> remember, actually, WCW the music, uh, WCW Mayhem the music existed.
0: Yes, we did a show, we did an episode of our old podcast. The first mm. What was
1: actually on that? Let's have a look. I, I do find it hilarious that we've spent more time talking about stuff. Like the stuff. Oh, my God. It's got that one. Uh, oh, Jesus. Limp Biscuits cover of Faith was on there. Yes. Oh, geez. Because
0: that's my... the one with Sandman on the cover, yeah?
1: No, no. I WCW like Mayhem, Sandman. the music, is the one with uh, Goldberg, Goldberg. Uh, on the cover. Oh,
2: or did we do the ECW one? We might have to bring it we back did... and do Mayhem. I think...
0: I think we
1: did the WCW one though. Did we? Remember. Maybe, maybe. So, so WCW the mayhem. The music is it features DJ Ran kicking it off with makes. I'm gonna try and find this one. Uh, it's got purity, which is adrenaline V1, the WW nitro, nitro theme that goes for 29 seconds. Already, nice. you've got the intro to the of, of the track listing longer. Uh, and if that didn't. If, oh. How's this for a cavalcade of stars? Insane clown posse, Slayer, Megadeth, Kid Rock, Primer oh. 55, Metallica, oh. yes. Limp Biscuit. Actually uh... sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, how's how's this for a thing? Uh, you've got Seek and Destroy by Metallica as track twelve. Going into Buff Daddy, brackets, buff bagwell theme. Going into Faith remix by Limp Biscuit. Going into American Made Hulk Hogan theme by Jimmy Hart. Bone Crusher by Lyrical Giants uh, then just I assume would be a bit of a commentary that just has got him in the corner wow this is uh, Jadakiss is even what, what, what a hodgepodge lineup
0: <laughs> and let's not forget that that version of Seek and Destroy is live at Woodstock 99
1: Yep. Oh, nothing good really did come out of Woodstock 99 <laughs> eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alright thoughts what do we think of this one boys I think we made it pretty clear <laughs>
2: What can we say?
0: Man, I think everything's been said. I, I, I agree with, with Nims. Mike Tanay is the, is the MVP for avoiding the show. <laughs> oh,
2: this might else. have been, and you know what? I thought, um, what was the last WWE pay-per-view? King of the Ring? King of the really, Ring. That wasn't, that wasn't great. Um, there was a lot of low points. That at least had a couple of highlights. This had absolutely none. Can I just yeah. say,
0: even even the tagline for the show gave up. Mm. A tidal wave of trash talk and body slam and tsunami fury.
1: I'd like to think that, like you know, they they should have just ended a title eight of trash and leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So uh, quite a quite an awful pay per view at this point in time. We almost hate watching WCW pay per views, Mm -hmm. but uh, no, this is what we committed to, and we're going to stick it out till the end because the next WCW pay per view that we're going to be covering is road wild 1999 west oh oh, no. oh and this is actually kind of no no this is something that's actually kind of cool well not cool but this is actually kind of interesting factually because you get to see red and yellow hogan's return in 99 yes yeah.
0: oh true and is is, is this when um Rodman has a singles match
2: Oh, I think we're well past Rodman, aren't we? Don't no, tell no, me no, Rod- he's on the show Rodman. again.
1: Rodman is on the show. Oh God damn oh, it! <laughs>
0: my goodness, this card <laughs> but, is this card is wild.
1: Mm, mm. But uh, but look, that's that's uh, yeah, that's what we've got here for this mm. one, uh, fellas. But um, we've also Simon. Next up, we've got at least something—a nice little cherry to. Uh, sh- the little carrot on the stick that was this horrible run of uh, Ju- July, uh, June pay-per-views. And that is Fully Loaded 99, uh, which is actually... The, the good thing with the WWE is when they had a crappy pay-per-view, they'd normally redeem it. Like It's almost like they knew the last yeah. pay-per-view was crap and they'd always try better the next time around.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I remember Fully Loaded 99. You got the Fully Loaded Strap match with The Rock mm-hmm. and Triple H continuing their awesome years-long rivalry. And this one's a good one. Pretty sure the main event is Taker and Austin. Uh, it is. In What's the gimmick for this First one? Blood. That First one's blood. awesome. Yeah, awesome double main event. So you're right. When they know they had a crappy pay-per-view, they're like, okay, we're going to give you something good on this one.
1: Unfortunately, we also have Delo Brown taking on Midian in this match. Bring it um, on. <laughs> I'm
2: sure Delo can get something good out of Midian.
1: However, we also we also have uh, the Hardy Boys having their second pay per view match, which is kind of uh, cool. Okay, what's X Park doing on the show? I feel like ah, uh, this is the this is where him and Road Dog were fighting for the rights to DX. Remember, hey. where DX was two people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, honestly, on paper though, they needed more time at King of the Rings. So, X Park and Road Dog strat match, first blood it's going to be better than this show. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Cool. Do yourself a favor. Don't sleep on 99 X park. Yeah. He was, he was probably like, he wasn't quite at the heights of six, Uh, But he was definitely still uh, doing some great stuff there. But uh, that about wraps up another edition of Reliving the War. We'll be back with another big edition. But if you would like to catch up on our previous episodes, jump online, greywolfentertainment.net. You can follow us on the socials, greywolfent on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll catch you next time for another edition of Reliving the War.